happens when you mix two opinionated Southern women and a microphone. <laughs> I reckon they're a hell of a time. Oh, that's very funny. Damn. Coming from their home studio straight into your ear hole. Looky here. It's time to sling some shade. Southern shade. I see what you did there. With Liv Matthews and Jay Jansen. Welcome back, our Shade Brigade. This is Liv Matthews. And this is Jay Jansen and Fire on the Mountain. We've still got a little bit of leaves on the trees here. Nice. And they're beautifully colored. Oh, they were gorgeous this year. I'm talking like the reds were just vibrant reds. The oranges looked like they were on fire. Of course, the golds were very rich in color. And so the mountains were beautiful. But literally overnight, most of them went to just wood sticks. The way that you were describing the trees at first, I was like, oh, dang, she done got into some edibles. Nope, they were just very bright this year. Very, very bright here. And that was, of course, my whole view. Anyway, I turned. So now just the gross little stickies sticking up from the mountain is kind of depressing. Yeah, I could see that. But something that I found funny and a little depressing is you had texted me earlier this week a picture of a book that you have found going through some of the items at the house. Yes, it was one of those things that the moment that I seen it, I was like, huh, I've got to definitely send this to live for one of two reasons. One, it's absolutely hilarious. Two, you were also a medical professional and I felt that you could find the humor in it above and beyond what a normal person would find. So it is a doctor's marital sex guide for patients. This is the combined regular and rhythm edition. Oh, I know. Get rhythm and everything. It's a 1970s book. It's, it's roughly about 80 pages. Apparently your doctor would hand you this in the 70s. It discussed marriage and sex and all of those things from like back in time. Girl, this sounds completely outdated. Let's kind of dive in and see how much holds true to this day. I've skimmed through this book. I couldn't bring myself to read it in its entirety because some of the things that I did find in this book made me go, what the fuck? <laughs> really? I couldn't bring myself to read it word for word just because it's, it's, it's some of it's a bit ludicrous. Right. Well, like, did we even have to mention this? This should have been like common knowledge. Most of this, I would think, would be common knowledge. Clearly back in 1970, it was not. And this book was written by Jean J. Rutherford, B.A. and Robert N. Rutherford, M.D. I would imagine this would be a husband and wife pair that got together to write this monstrosity. And so I want to know, in order to just even have the idea to write it, do you think that it was, they were just having patient after patient that just didn't know how married life should go? Or were they having issues in their own marriage and decided to write this book or both? There is clearly not an issue in the marriage that I can see. I think that they were just trying to to list the basics for everyone. Now, the first chapter, what do you think that that would be? I would think as a nurse, hygiene. No, the the first chapter of this book is attitudes towards sex. Yeah, all right. I can go with that. I mean, I would think that hygiene would be number one. So when they say attitudes, towards sex. What do they mean? Well, I had to dive just a little bit deeper in there because the way that this book starts off is this is the first paragraph. We do not make a woman go off to a special hut in the forest to have her baby and stay there a couple of months until she is purified of her, in quotation marks, taint, as some primitive tribes still do. (laughs) Sorry, it's the word taint. I'm sorry. (laughs) Nor do we regard 
regard a woman in her menstrual period as an object of shame and a source of bad luck if she is allowed to circulate in society. I mean, at this point in my life, I actually agree with that, that I should not be circulating when it is my menstruation time because like every year that I get older, the worse that I become. I used to not be this moody. I wholeheartedly agree. And it's all about my taint. It's never about your taint. I've never (laughs) once had you call me and been like, girl, (laughs) no. <laughs> Never have I ever heard you use that terminology. No. When but it came to your period. No, no. I mean, like, I never really had a problem with my period. I started when I was eight years old and it's been going strong ever since. But like I said, I'll tell you, I've been so moody. Oh, mm-mm-mm. the older you get, I think it just that's just what happens. Because, I mean, you know, at some point in time, we're going to be little old ladies. And I know we've all worked with a little old lady. And for whatever reason, at about the 50 year old mark, we start to hate everybody. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can kind of feel that in my soul now. It's starting to creep upon me. Right. I mean, I think that they've already seen everything. They've heard it and they're just done with it. They're just like, oh, just watch you young folks just making mistakes. I've tried to tell you. Yeah, here you are loving your life. Let me fuck that up for you. Yeah, I'm, I can't love my life. So uh, you can't love yours either. <laughs> However, oh. I saw a nice little TikTok, you know, because I love to do that on my spare time, mostly while I'm pooping, but it's a little too TMI for you. A little bit, yeah, yeah. But you know, if you get an excess amount of TikToks all of a sudden, then you know I have sat down on the throne and that is what I'm doing. Yes, it's either that or you settle down for the evening and I know that there's also a comment in large groups. Otherwise, I'm just going to say you you spend a lot of time in the bathroom. Right, right, which we all know I don't. But I saw this one and it was saying that from the ages of of 18 to 25, you have a lot of fun. You're hanging out with your friends. You're laughing, drinking, trying new things, just living your best life, very little responsibilities. But then from the age of 25 to 45, that's when life gets serious. That's when life fucks you hard. Right. You have all these responsibilities. You have a career. You may have gotten married, started to have children. All of that is very stressful, very rewarding, but so so stressful and so you don't you find out that you're not really that happy right then so then around about the age of 45 and on you start hating everything (laughs) well they said that actually you start to get a little happier because you started to raise these people that they went from these ungrateful children and they're now you're seeing all your hard work come to fruition because now they're starting their careers and they're making good choices finally and you may have gotten a little bit more financially secure, don't have as much bills. Next thing you know, you start to see your smile come back. But the most happiest person that they found was the elderly. So as I'm listening to all this, I'm just like, okay, well, I co-signed to a lot of that. But I have not one time seen a happy elderly person. And I see a lot of them. And granted, it is in the medical field and they're usually not well when I do see them. But can you think of like a super happy elderly person? Um, they are few and far between, honestly. Because mostly they're alone. The families are are doing their careers and everything. and They don't visit as much. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, most of them are crotchety that I 
I've encountered. But, you know, I think that comes from usually by that time, we figured out then that we shouldn't have abused our bodies in our youth. And then we hurt every day. So we would hate everybody. Right. I think the moral of this story is this is some point in time in your life you're going to hate everybody. Yes, I agree. And most of the time it's when I'm tainted. <laughs> I don't think it meant taint in that way, dear. What, like tainted, like uh, soiled. Right. So tainted in that, you know, you're dirty. You're yeah. dirty. You're a dirty girl. You got blood on you. You got the blood on you. Why did I sound like a leprechaun? I don't know, but I was kind of here for it. So if the first chapter is not hygiene and it's your attitude towards sex, then please do tell where does hygiene, but please tell me A, that hygiene is in the book. Hygiene is in fact in the book. Yes. Good. Hygiene doesn't come around until chapter 14. Chapter 14? I would think like well, at least chapter 2, 3. No, chapter 14. Chapter 14 is when we talk about the fact that you should probably wash your bits. Ooh. Right after chapter 14 and you wash your naughty bit, then it slams into putting a baby in her and then once you have a kid. What? Yes. It, there was no brake pumping. No. Uh, There's some pumping, uh, but just no brake pumping. Uh, there was some pumping, all right. So this brings me back to like what I assume the late 1800s and the 1900, early 1900s would have been like. And that was a lot of stinky set. You know, I've been watching uh, House of the Dragon. Somebody had came up and was like given like little facts about that. And back in the day, around about that time per se, they were saying that bathing was considered super bad for your health. There were some people that would only bathe twice a year. Ooh. I'm just saying, just just well marinated. Because you know the women back then wore curtain tight dresses, you know, like the big thick drapery that your great aunts used to have. They wore dresses like that with several layers underneath them to make them poof out and shit like that. So you can imagine in the heat. Oh, it's like a fish market over there. Just a ooh, tainted yeah. fish market. Everything had to smell like senorita fajitas. <laughs> just straight up onions over here. It's like a whole taco truck is what that smelled like. Oh, why does that sound good and bad? Well, a taco truck is phenomenal, but in that context, that is bad. That's bad. That's real bad. Yeah. And then, you know, they wore these dresses over and over again without washing them as regularly as we wash our clothes. They threw out their poo and pee out into the street. They couldn't even show their ankles. That would be scandalous to show any type of skin. And so you're just dragging this big old bouffant dress through some poo and pee all day and you're smelling like senorita fajita over here. It's just a whole lot of nope for me. Yeah, I wouldn't have made it like then. And I will tell you that right now. I cannot be senorita fajita. No. But it would be the norm. So maybe we would be senorita fajitas. It, I don't know. I don't know that I could be normal with stinking. It's probably what took me out. <laughs> you know, if you believe in reincarnation, I probably died from taking a bath. And that's probably what happened. <laughs> That's, that's exactly what happened. So in this book, do they get into positions, foreplay, anything? Yeah, so chapter 10 is when they start talking about sexual positions. And in the 1970s, the number one most approved sexual position, guess what it was? Missionary. Absolutely. They called it the male above posture. Oh, so sexy. And it, I know. Honey, can we do the male above posture position tonight? <laughs> can we do that? Nothing sounds sexier than that. Right. Or just, you know, abbreviate it. Can we do the mop? It would be the map. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My above is spelled with an O. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I'm so 
how you clutched your pearls. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I've never been uh, known for my spelling. Lord knows. <laughs> Oh, that was funny. Thank you. Yeah, so in this role, the woman is relaxed. Did you know that? Is she relaxed? Probably not. The man has the major lead in setting the body rhythms. So she's just laying there like a dead fish, and he is just tapping that for a solid 45 seconds until he just jizzed all over, and she's laying there with a big wad in her vagina. Yeah, she can perform limited circular and up and down movement and rocking of the pelvis, but the man controls the speed of the intercourse. I almost would like to travel back to 1970 and then having sex with somebody that's like read this book and then just kind of like flip them over, jump on top and just ride it home. Right. Well, I did like <laughs> that. Like, it- right. <laughs> Oh, my God. So I did enjoy the fact that at the end of this chapter, it says the husband should not forget that he has the responsibility of keeping contact with the clitoris. Oh, my goodness. It's the one thing that I so far have co-signed with 100%. Right. The second position is side entry position. Okay. I'm going to be 100% honest. The majority of men do not have the length to do this correctly. This is a true story, but it's more restful according to 1970s. Well, let's be honest. This is not going on for hours and hours and hours. If you ain't got a good five to ten minutes in you, that's a problem. Right. Well, exactly. That that absolutely is. But it amazes me that in 1970 there was only four positions. Wow. Does doggy even come in there? Oh, they call that rear entry position. Oh, okay. Well, rear entry position means something different to me. So, uh, okay. It says and because they require the least physical exertion of the woman or pressure upon her. I'm going to tell you what right now. I don't know what woman wrote this, but clearly she's never done this. I'm going to tell you, I work hard in that position. Girl, me too. That's what I was thinking. I was like, damn, that's where I do them. I do more work in that position than I do when I'm on top. Absolutely. You got to be throwing it back. You, yeah, you rocking and moving and circulate. Yeah, girl. My favorite part is in this position, your penis does not touch the clitoris. It ain't fucking supposed to. If it does, then wow, you got a real big downturn on that thing. Or you got some large balls that are getting it on the... I'll be honest, I did have sex with a guy one time and as he's like thrusting doggy style, his balls would sling up and just slap me right in the clit. Well, I I mean, it could be very nice. I didn't hate it. (laughs) If you got enough of a rhythm going on, I mean, you know, this is the combined regular and rhythm edition. I mean, there you go. So we go from that to marital frequency. Two or three sexual contacts a week are the average practice of people interviewed by various investigators. They lie. So they, have, they did. After 30 years of marriage, the incident shows a drop. Uh, yeah, I think it's way before then, but sure. Yeah. So it says over 99% at 25 were having it two to three times a week. After 55, only 80% of the women said that they were still having sex. Mm. So life was a lot boring back then. And now, you know, statistics are coming out saying that more than 50% of women are in the workforce, which is way more than it has has been in the past. So could you imagine in 1970s how many people was in the workforce? It does get sort of a sidelining mention here. So they were starting to be. Okay. So you're at home taking care of the kids all day, cooking, cleaning. Now, back in those days, they also prescribed quite a bit of like little Xannies and, uh, you know, Ativans and all that, whatever they had back in those days that's equivalent to. And a lot of the housewives did enjoy a little drink a drink every once in a while. 
Wow. They drank a lot and they smoked a lot and it was quaaludes back then. Oh, yes. That sounds familiar. Yeah. So now it goes to sexual satisfaction. Okay. I, I could name off quite a few. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Frigidity is the first one. Okay. That's someone who doesn't have any reaction or response in the sex act. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lays there like a dead fish. Gotcha. I could see um, how that would be off-putting. If I was a dude and I was like dicking her down and she's just laying there. Like all that dead fucks or whatever. Yes. Painful intercourse. Okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But live um, it up. That'll help a lot. Right. And vaginal discharge was number three. Uh, in, in what way? Like a stinky discharge? Are you talking about like lubish type of discharge? I guess it really depends. Or maybe they're talking about menstruation being tainted again. It covers some very not nasty. It says careful hygiene helps prevent reoccurrence though. Okay. Well, maybe they are talking about like BV, some bacterial vaginosis. Yeah, girl. Mm-hmm. Under anomalies and abnormalities, we go straight to homosexuality. Okay. So at least it's got a dimension. I'll be honest, in 1970, I didn't think that it would be in there at all. Right. Well, homosexuality is number one, followed by hermaphrodism. Okay. Nymphomania, prostitution. But I'd like to read the reasoning and, and their rationality in prostitution. Yeah. So I, I'm actually here for this because 1970s, they went in very progressive. So let's hear it on that one. So this ancient social institution is the result of a combination of circumstances. These circumstances are inability to earn a living in other ways, lack of vocational training or unemployment, juvenile delinquency, slum conditions, often subnormal to begin with, may develop a form of schizophrenia, which helps her ignore her work. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So I was here for all reasonings. So I'm just like, those are all the reasons that we think of prostitutes. Right. But you're telling me that they're saying that prostitution can cause somebody to be schizophrenic? Exactly. Like I said, I'm not a doctor, but I am pretty sure that is wrong. Well, this was 1970. So she has little or no sexual feeling in her contact with strangers, but may have actual response in intercourse with a lover, sometimes her procurer. The forms and extent of prostitution are directly related to current social attitudes and the policies of the law enforcement agencies. The remedies for prostitution are most completely social, not medical. Okay, I agree with that. Let's talk about the policies of these law enforcement agencies. Where was prostitution legal? Bunny Ranch? Yeah, it's like Nevada. I mean, that's the only place I know that's legal. I mean, other than, uh, what, Amsterdam? Maybe. But this shit has cracked me the hell up. I would also like to read the rationality for nymphomania. Okay. This is the unceasing or unsatisfiable sexual desire occasionally encountered in a woman. The physical causes such as a tumor of the clitoris or tumor of the brain or part of the nervous system can be checked in a medical examination. Most often, the likely cause is psychological. The fear of homosexuality being suppressed by proving one's effectiveness in sex with men, basic hatred of men, showing itself in using them and discarding them without forming any permanent relationships. Nymphomania must be handled by a neurological or a psychiatric specialist. So let me get this straight. People can have nymphomania if they are, in fact, a hidden lesbian. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. I mean, do I feel like nymphomania is psychological? Yes, I do. I'm sure that some tumors of the brain could probably affect this, but just being a nymphomaniac. I mean, it's one thing just to, like, to do it like once or twice.
face to be like, hi, I told you I'm not a lesbian or I'm not, I don't like dudes or whatever. But you're saying like in order for the definition of nymphomania, like you are just like out there doing it like crazy. According to the 1970s, you had to be a lesbian in order to be a nymphomaniac or have a tumor. Wow. Wow. No other psychosomatic reasoning, none of that. And only women were nymphomaniacs. Wow. I mean, it reminds me of like back in the day when any type of condition was considered hysteria for women. Everything that people died from for the last, you know, prior to the last 10 or 15 years, it was shock. So they are just, wow. I I really can't even, for a lot of reasons, I can't even with this book. I I don't agree with a whole lot that's in here. And then I've crashed right into chapter 14, sex and body hygiene. Right. To which rest, diet, aphrodisiacs and stimulant. This is a very short chapter, by the way. It is not even a full page. It highlights a section that says alcohol is in itself first a stimulant, then in larger quantities a depressant. Alcoholics are notoriously deficient in sexual desire. In slight quantities, alcohol releases inhibitors and permits a person to let go in ordinary restraint situations. Often, a warm bath will ease a person in frame of mind for sexual activity. Wow. Now, how many times have you ever took a warm bath and went, I need some dick? Not one time. I wasn't thinking right. about somebody's dick. Oh. I mean, have, has there been times that like, I've been in there taking a shower knowing that I was about to get some dick, but just randomly in there laying in a bath and just right. like, ooh, I could use some dick right now. I done clean my whole body up and this warm water put me in the mind of, you know what I need right now, dick. Yeah, exactly. I just got everything all cleaned up. I would like to have a big water jizz in me. That'd be great. Right. So 1976 was fucking boring. Sounds like it. But you know what's so crazy is that here it was written two years ago, right? Right. Fast forward years from now, I wonder if all these people are going to be reading it and be like, oh my goodness, like it's so boring. Y'all listen to this. These motherfuckers was eating ass. Yes. But now we are identified as animals now. I don't know. Whatever craziness you could think of. Or what if it reverts back to the 1970s time? What if it gets so crazy that it goes back simple and then it ramps up again? Which is typically what happens. You got to break the whole structure down and rebuild it again. Oh, absolutely. You see that with, they say, what was it, 250 years? Every time that that period of time comes around, then it falls and then you've got to build it again. Right. That is allegedly what happens. We'll see if it continues on that. I think we're heading in that general direction. Like very quickly. Well, I do not have any doubt in that whatsoever with the way inflation is right now. And I feel like one of those old people that sit on the porch and bitch about it in their rocking chair. But tell you what, every time I go to the grocery store, it is like a dick slap in the face, girl. Yeah. And not even the good one. No, it's it, from a stranger. Yeah. That you don't like. Mm-mm. It smells like hot dog flavored water. And never smack me with one of those, you know? Mm-mm, absolutely not. So yeah, I'm still trying to figure out why a jar of mayonnaise is $7 and a tub of butter is now $9. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. I can go to the store for snacks and have two bags of things that I'll walk out of the store with and $50 lighter in my wallet is ridiculous to me. It is. 
Yes. And this is just basic things like my coffee creamer. I have a certain one. Finn can testify to this. I'm grumpy if I don't have it. Okay. And it's delicious. And I'm not even going to share it because then people are going to start drinking it. Then I'll have less. <laughs> uh, that, that's really horrible of me to say. Cold Stones creamer. But anyway. Oh, I've tried that before. I don't drink coffee. But if I did drink coffee, it would definitely be with that stuff. And it like legit tasted like melted ice cream. It was so good. Yes. Well, now I find it funny with you. You are like the lone female in your your house. And now I'm also the lone female. So we have that parallel now, whereas we did it before. It was sort of balanced in my house. And now I'm just surrounded by men. Like even the dogs are men. Yeah, same. What the fuck? I agree. Matter of fact, I had a phone call the other day, a man. And he's like, hey, Liv. And I said, hey, Jim. Now, Jim and I, we have not worked together for probably three years, four years years now. <laughs> Just thinking about you, Liv. Well, you know, he is a 70-some-year-old man. Okay. He is still a nurse. He's still doing the daggone thing. So, he calls me and he said, hey, just wanted to let you know, uh, I was out here walking your dogs and when I went into the house, the thermostat was like on 59 and, you know, it doesn't bother me any, but I think the dogs might notice. So, I said, oh, okay, no, I think it's fine. Just leave it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Nobody walks your dog. Well, A, I only have one dog. He said dogs. B, no, nobody walks my dog. C, he doesn't even live in the same city that I live in. He lives like two cities over. I would never ask him to walk my dog. We're not even close like that. I was so confused. But the reason why I went with it is because what if he was in trouble, right? Right. So I, I went along with it just in case there was some situation. So, so how did you talk yourself out of that one? You know what? You called the wrong person. I was just fucking with you the whole time. Um, the fuck? So then I hang up from him, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, he is a senior. What if he's having like a senior moment? Like, like, what if something's really bad? But then he knew my name and he called my phone number. So it'd be different if he just called my phone number and then was like, hey, Barbara. I've been walking your dogs for three days. Motherfucker, when are you coming home? Yeah, I'd be like, dude, you got the wrong number, you know, or something like that. But no, he called me by my name. It was my phone number. And then he goes on with this whole thing. So I call him right away back just in case so I could be like, hey, Jim, you just told me that you was walking my dogs. And A, I didn't ask you to do that. B, I only have a dog, not dogs. Yeah, and uh, the thermostat is definitely not in 59 because I freeze so bad. <laughs> it, there was just a lot of wrongs to it and not a lot of rights, but he did not answer the phone. Oh, shit. So I worried about this all weekend. I'm thinking that he is some confused little old man in his city, wherever he lives at. You know, because I don't know his address. I just knew that he lived like several miles away, which would be around about two cities away. Right. Of course, this is the only phone number that I have. I don't have his wife's phone number. I don't have his kid's phone number. I don't even know their names because he has always called them by a nickname. So his wife has always been called the one who must be indulged. Okay, check it out, Mrs. One Who Must Be Indulged. Um, I was just calling to see if Jim, our boy Jim, you know him, your husband. Right. Um, he was doing okay because apparently, I've not talked to him in about five years because we haven't worked together in that long, but he called me and let me know that he was in my house walking my dogs and what temperature that my heat and air unit was set on. And I just want to let you know for him to be in my house. Yeah, exactly. And then um, his adult son, barely an adult, I think he's like 18 or not. 19. He adopted him late in age. You know, he always called him the golden child. So I have no idea what this little boy's name is. Are you the golden child? Right. Check it out. <laughs> 
Oh, and I forgot one thing else that he said right before he hung up. He said, it appears that the dogs had gotten into a box of insulin syringes. None of them look like they're open, but I just wanted to let you know they did that, not me. Are you shooting up heroin, Jim? I mean, bless his little heart. I was just like, oh, it's okay. If none of them are open, it'll be all right. I'll get them when I get home, right? I'm totally going with this. And this is one of my fucking favorite things about you because I don't care what I called you and told you. I've even heard other people pull this with you. Like, I could call and be like, so, Liv, check it out. So I was just at your crib and I was playing with your life-size iguana. And you'd be like, yeah. Yeah, how was he? Right? Give him some water. Did you feed him? You know, and be like, so I was going to cook me a pizza, but then, like, there was only loaves of bread. And so I put all of them in your toaster for you. Um, Just so you'd have some and I put them back in the and you'd be like did you butter it? Right. I mean if you're gonna like do that then at least butter it. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. And you'll go along with all of it. So this is beautiful. The fact that you own the fact that you had a bunch of insulin syringes that your thermostat was at 59. I knew that to be false information and that you had multiple dogs in your house. But I would have probably taken it a little bit further. The smart one likes it when you ride him. I swear to God he does. And if you'll like say yippee ki yay um, he just seems to go faster. If he lays down on you, it means he don't like you. Well, he was, I don't know, kind of very pressured and he gives me all this information in a very short time. Legit, all I said to him was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think the thermostat will be fine. Just leave it. And oh, yeah, yeah. The insurance, if they're not open, it's fine. That's all I said to him. He says, all right, then. Well, have a good night. And then hangs up the phone. Now, I, I would have been curious to know where I was supposed to be. Right. And that's another thing. Where do I ever go? Girl, I worried about him for two days, okay? He never answered any of my phone calls when I called him back. So finally on Monday, when I got to work, I looked into my contacts of some of the people that still work in his department and Mm -hmm. I contacted them and they said, yeah, Jim came in to work today. I'm like... What? How about putting him on the phone with me, sis? Because I, I need to clarify some things. Well, I was like, First, well, how how was he acting? Does he seem coherent? And they said, yeah, no problems. What in the hell? And how many lives could you possibly know? <laughs> right. I, mean, and, I can understand if your name is Susan or yeah. Jessica or Rebecca. Oh, Rebecca. Fucking Rebecca. Oh, fucking Rebecca. I don't know. So, well, bless his heart. Supposedly, he is fine. Maybe. Maybe his senior moment only lasted just a few seconds. Or is it a coincidence that maybe he knows somebody named Liv that has multiple dogs that he's walking? I mean, he's elderly. Like, I don't even see him walking dogs. Or maybe he just wanted somebody to talk to right quick. Some random shit to come up. You know, your thermostat's on 59 degrees, sweetie. Look, I don't care. That's fine. But your dogs may notice. Well, sir, I don't think they are going to notice because they're the only ones with fur. (laughs) I was beyond shocked. And I'm glad that he... Apparently is okay. He has still not returned my phone call. So uh, if there is a lady out there named Liv that has multiple dogs and some insulin syringes and she likes her house really, really cold, I hope you had a great vacation. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you had a fabulous time while I was fucking up your shit. Yeah. I feel like I would have had to call Jim back and be like, check it, Jim. When I got home, my thermostat was set on 72. I was trying to figure out why you were at my house walking my dogs, but I was just going to let that go because you know what? The one that I have likes to go out throughout the day and I thought that was amazing if you were just going to come by and feel sorry for all the dogs and people that you used to work with and you were just going to walk them real quick and I was kind of wondering where you found my house key but you know just whatever we had that kind of um, I didn't think you were a serial killer when I worked 
duty. But when I got home, right. I didn't have any insulin syringes because I'm not a diabetic. But I thought that maybe the dogs drug them in because, you know, sometimes they do that. But anyway, so there was no insulin. And I was just wondering what the fuck you were talking about. I mean, bless his heart. I don't know. It was a lot of wrongs. And, <laughs> and now, in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have just went on with it. I thought that maybe he got in trouble with his wife. I, I thought that maybe he was just joking around. I mean, like, there's all these scenarios that went through my mind during this very short two-minute conversation. But the moral of the story is, listeners, for just nineteen ninety-five a month, Liv will support your function. <laughs> yeah, you this is not my only phone call that has happened to me. You are correct. And if you do it now, we'll send you a free blanket. <laughs> A wet one. Yeah, a wet blanket. Oh, bless his little heart. I, I really do hope he's okay. He probably was. It literally was probably, although bizarre, home-sitting for another lady named Liv. And, I mean, you're not the only one in the world. True. But knowing two would be kind of weird. I can understand knowing two Jessicas or two Johns or two Roberts or, you know, something yeah. like that. But Liv, eh. But I do have a funny story for that because one time I called my uncle. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Mind you, I haven't talked to my uncle in like two years at this point. I just was thinking of you randomly thought I'd call and check on you see how you're doing. Well, I'm doing fine, but where is my mother? To which I kind of sat there for a second and I said, how the fuck would I know? Right. Which struck him as weird. And he said, who did you say this was? And I said, Jay, your niece. And he said, oh, I thought you were Jay, my mom's husband's daughter. Oh. No, not me. That's why I didn't know where mom was. But it looks like you're doing great and you're busy, so I'm just going to hop off here. Yeah, I hope you find her. Love that. (laughs) I'm going to let you go so you can find her. Girl, I'm going to tell you what. Well, you know, I'm going to definitely mind my P's and Q's. And uh, maybe I'm just going to stop agreeing with people when they call me and just say some fuck shit. And I'll just go along with it. I just signed us up for a subscription to that. Like, literally for $19.95 a month, people can get your number and they can call you for alibis. Oh, anyway, I should have ended it then. But we will end this podcast now. Don't forget to like, share, and follow us. Email us. We do write back. Southern Shade Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, visit our website at Southern Shade with Liv and Jay.com. Y'all come back now. You hear? You've been listening to the Southern Shade Podcast with Liv and Jay. Oh, bless their heart. You're not mashing the right button.